everyone. This is Lucinda and joining me today is Taryn. We'll be talking all about self-sabotage, what it is, how it shows up in our day to day and why it's such an important topic for both Taryn and I, especially in our practices, what we see with our clients, how it shows up. And um, for me personally, how it shows up is people will start a diet or a nutritional protocol on a Monday and we know how the story goes. We get maybe two days, maybe 10 days in, maybe two weeks. Sorry, I said two days. I meant two weeks. Um, and then we fall off the wagon and we don't know why. Um, and we go, oh, you know what? I haven't followed the eating plan for a day. I may as well just... Um, you know, eat whatever I want for the weekend, and then it snowballs and we are back to the beginning. So it'll be really interesting to hear from you, Taryn, how self-sabotage so shows up in your um, practice and with your clients. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, hi, everyone. So I think, um, yeah, self-sabotage can look like a lot of different things for different people. And like you've already mentioned, um, you know, in your programs, the cinder heart comes up in terms of um, eating. And I know like some people can like do comfort eating and maybe we can talk a little bit more about that. But in my, um, like from my experience, I see it a lot and I've had experience with this as well in terms of business and, you know, like doing something new, for example, can be really scary and it's coming out of our comfort zone. So subconsciously, what a lot of people can do is um, when you are out of your, your comfort zone, that can actually start causing anxiety sometimes. And so we move, we, we want to move away from those feelings and move back into what we're comfortable with. But actually, we are sabotaging our, you know, our, our dreams, our goals, what we, what we want to achieve, our business and um, not achieving the things that we want to achieve because we keep moving back into something that feels more comfortable for us. So doing the tasks that feel more comfortable for us, such as administration or, you know, learning or, you know, what signing up for another course or whatever it is. But, cleaning uh, my house. <laughs> yeah, cleaning the house. That's a, another good one. So procrastination is a, is a huge form of self-sabotage, um, which I see a lot as well, and distractions. Um, and then there's also, you know, um, there's, there's self-sabotage in the form of abuse, like substance abuse and stuff, you know, using alcohol or, um, or drugs or whatever to make yourself feel comfortable. Um, but that is obviously sabotaging, you know, what it is you want to achieve, um, whether that's wanting to be healthier or live a healthier lifestyle or, or whatever, whatever that may be. So yeah, it comes up, up, up in lots of different forms. So what are the particular things that you see with your clients in terms of the, the eating? Well, you know, I think it goes a little bit deeper. Like you say, you know, it's those unconscious patterns that show up. And I think a lot of the time when I start peeling back the layers, what comes up is worthiness. They don't feel that they are worthy of um, reaching their goal weight. Um, often it's even to the point where they can't in their mind's eye see themselves being a certain size. Um, so 
if you don't even believe that you are worthy of achieving your goal, self-sabotage will happen without us even realizing. And this is what I see before they sign up with me, because um, a lot of the times you just get an external program to support, but you don't get the inner work. Um, and this is where the inner work I I feel is so, so, so important because without having that self-worth and without working through um, the inner voice, like how you speak to yourself, I think that if we all just spoke to ourselves in the way that we speak to our best friends, we would become our own cheerleaders and be, and be a lot more compassionate and understanding and even allow ourselves this space to sometimes rest. I feel that self-sabotage even comes up where um, clients often overtrain because they feel that in order to lose weight, they need to eat a really, really low calorie diet and train really, really hard. Um, so that comes up as well. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said around, um, you know, the you're in your, you feeling comfortable and then you push yourself out of your comfort zone. And sometimes what I've even seen is people push themselves so far out of their comfort zone that it actually leads to trauma and it leads to more imbalances within the nervous system that they actually end up causing more harm than like getting getting the job done or actually reaching their goals and I can put my hand up there I was here a couple of years ago with with my business I'd be like yeah I'm gonna do this this is my word for the year is fearless and I'd go out there And I'd go all guns blazing. And then what I found was I would be so exhausted. And how I was self-sabotaging was I was actually um, burning out Mm -hmm. because I was pushing myself so far out of my comfort zone um, and not reaching for the external um, sources of comfort anymore. But my energy levels were taking a beating and my nervous system was taking a beating. So there's really that fine line of finding what is comfortable outside of your comfort zone, but not in your danger zone, so to speak. So that's what I see. And that's what's come up for me as well in the past. So I absolutely love this topic. Yeah. So it's about finding the balance, right? And yeah, I love what you talked about. You and I have talked about this so much. And um, Lucinda did an amazing five-day challenge. And we did a lot of work around self-sabotage as well, which was really powerful. And yeah, the, one of the, the main underlying reasons why we self-sabotage is that lack of self-worth, that feeling of not feeling good enough. Um, and then there's also, you know, reasons of, um, you know, fear of failure or even fear of success, like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, like we talked about. But in terms of the feelings of not feeling good enough, uh, there's, you know, if, if you don't feel like you're good enough, then you are going to, you're going to try and prove to yourself that you are not good enough because, you know, we are just designed to confirm our beliefs it's called confirmation bias so Mm. if you believe in something if you believe you're not good enough you're going to make sure you're hanging around people that make you feel not good enough you're going to make sure you are doing you have behaviors and and habits that are going to make you feel not good enough so it's really important to look at your belief system and like you said Lucinda you know the um being your best cheerleader and we talked a lot about that in the podcast um, of self-love so if you haven't watched that watch that one as well but mm. um, yeah so so important to work on the 
the root cause of that self-sabotage. Otherwise, you will find that you just keep going around in circles and you might end up in a situation where you're like, I've been trying to achieve this goal for the last five years and I'm so frustrated. Why can I not just get there? Like, why? Like, you know, it doesn't matter how hard I try, I just end up back in the same place. So yeah it can be um, a frustrating cycle to get in and I think a lot of the time as well it helps to have somebody you know that can help you recognize when you're in that cycle because sometimes you don't recognize it yourself um, and so that's where it helps to have you know support of like um, a coach or you know somebody that you're working with that can um, recognize when you're in that um, pattern and pull you out of it um, and make you more aware of it. I think even for us like I sometimes don't recognize my own behavior. It, 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 it's like you need that external, that second pair of eyes that can actually come in and help you evaluate and reevaluate where to make changes and what is actually stopping you from reaching your goal. Even um, I like what you said, the spiraling, right? You can be in the same situation, wanting to reach the same goal for five years. And what came to mind was this, uh, the, a big tick um, that it's an NLP um, technique, one of Steve Linden's that uh, I've been coached through before. And it's really interesting where you actually, when you see yourself in real life experiencing and you go like, oh my gosh, I'm back here again. Like, and you start becoming aware and you start seeing these habits and you start seeing your behavior. Like, it's almost, you know, when you're watching a, a show of animals and you hear David Attenborough's voice and it's like him watching the animals and you kind of have that meta, um, it's it's a meta, what is a, a meta vision, right? Where you actually looking at yourself from an objective perspective and you can actually see yourself doing it in the moment. It's such a crazy feeling and such an aha moment. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it like right now. <laughs> and you can catch yourself in the moment. And I think that's where change then happens, right? If you become consciously aware of it and then you can start consciously making changes so that when you then carry on to your life, you can then go through unconsciously having made those changes and then you not aware of it anymore and then all of a sudden you're like oh there's another goal that I want to reach and you start realizing that you have to start taking on different tools and different strategies to reach different goals and I think there's a lot of pressure on ourselves like even when I was studying for the degree I was like oh but I need to know this and we really don't. We, we, we have to learn how to um, use different techniques and different skills to achieve different goals in our lives. Um, and I think that that was a huge aha moment for me when I, it was okay to fail. When, when it's like there, there's no such thing as failure, it's only feedback so that we can go and we can adjust and we can adapt and we can try again. Like that's all there is. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, failure is all just part of the, the learning process and growing and, you know, without failing, we wouldn't grow. So it's just part of the journey, really. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think you're, you're spot on in terms of the becoming aware first of it. Um, and when you start to um, inquire, you know, what are these habits and what is going on and what are these patterns that I, I keep getting stuck in then that is, it's easier to become more aware of them 
Um, and then, in, you know, in the five-day challenge, we talked about the, uh, the seven-step process of overcoming self-sabotage. And the first thing is awareness. Um, and then the second thing is becoming your own cheerleader, as, as, you know, we spoke about earlier, and recognizing how you're speaking to yourself, making sure that you're speaking to yourself in an encouraging way, rather than a demotivating, judgmental way. Um, and then there is the third one, which is recognizing and accepting your emotions. So, um, you know, really feeling into what was the emotion before I did that thing, before I got stuck in that habit or that pattern again? You know, what is that emotion that I'm trying to avoid? Is it anxiety? Is it anger? Is it self-doubt? Um, once, you, once you have that awareness, then you know what you're working with. Um, and, then, and then doing the fourth step is inquiring into, you know, what is causing those feelings initially um, why are you self-sabotaging? Is there something that you're trying to avoid, you know? Um, and that might be the fear of failure or the fear of success or, or getting out of your comfort zone or whatever it is. And then the fifth one is the limiting beliefs. So starting to change those, those beliefs, you know, the, the belief of I'm not good enough or I don't deserve success um, and, you know, having more positive beliefs in place than those. Um, and then, yeah, just focusing on changing your thoughts, your emotions, behaviors around those beliefs. And then the, the last one is getting, getting some support around that as well. Um, so that can be really um, helpful as well. But um, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's a lot more involved in that and it takes time and consistency, but just to kind of get started and um, start working through them and becoming aware of them, I think is the first step. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's a question of putting your hand up and, and you start realizing there's other people that are feeling and experiencing exactly the same things mm -hmm. as you are and as I am. And as like, we're all humans experiencing feelings. And um, I love that you took us through those, was it seven steps? Seven steps, yeah. Yeah, I love it because... You know, I see these memes where it's, you know, procrastination is um, uh, where things, you know, end. Like one is the beginning, one is an end. It's not coming to me now, but um, I'll, I'll go and find it and I'll put it at the bottom of this um, episode because I, it was just so profound when I read it where like one is the beginning and one is the end and like you just end up spiraling and you, do, you don't end up starting or begin, like or ending, like you just on this hamster wheel um and I have a lot of people who's come to me and said you know what is wrong with me mm. and I want to just highlight that there isn't anything wrong with any of us you know it's just it's um conditioning a lot of this comes from childhood a lot of it comes from um um you know, it, it's our childhood, it's society, it's religion, it's, there's a lot of influences that it, it's the media, it's advertising, um, magazines, you know, often we think we need to look like the cover of um, a woman on a magazine, but what we fail to um, tell ourselves is that it's, it's not real, they photoshopped these, um, you know, all these spray paint, not spray paint, but you, you know, what's that spray that they put on to, um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. well, 
it's not real. So now yeah. we are aspiring <laughs> to look like that. But when we look at ourselves in the mirror and we've, you know, sometimes we've been pregnant and we've gone through labor and we, you know, then it's that level of acceptance like, oh, I'm not good enough because I don't look like the woman on the cover of that magazine. And half the time they're really either really young. I remember um, this um, a company selling cellulite cream. And I asked them, I was like, how old is the model on your um, brochure? And they got a bit flustered and they're like, but what's the point? And I said, well, the point is because it might be misleading. Um, and they said, well, she's 16. Wow. I mean, comparing my body to when I was 16 to now, yeah. post-pregnancy and post-labor, it's not the same body. Yeah. but yet we aspire to to be you know the same as that woman on on a brochure selling cellulite cream who's never had cellulite before because they're so young um but yeah it's a it's a definite topic that I think we can all relate to and especially when it comes to food and yeah. I think food and external substances, whether it's a glass of wine or sleeping tablets, I think being able to put boundaries in place and not self-sabotage when we are actually able to say to our boss, look, I'm done working 18 hours. I physically cannot cope. But I think often the fear of losing our job, the fear of not being good enough, like those fears and the limiting beliefs of how am I going to pay my rent? Like, what are my parents going to think about me? I can't quit um, my job before having another job. All of these things, the limiting beliefs and the feelings that you touched on so beautifully through that seven step process actually have a huge impact on why we then behave the way we do when we come home and we drink half a bottle of wine mm. because we're so exhausted because we're not happy with our jobs because we're working 18 hour days but we don't know what to do about it yeah and I think it comes up a, a lot in food like you know stress eating um turning to food to you know feel um like more comfort so comfort eating as well um and just to kind of like bring in like an example of where the emotional like root cause that you kind of need to try and um, understand where it's coming from like a lot of comfort eating is um, you know a lot of kind of creamy and sweet foods like ice cream or you know like starchy foods um, and um, actually uh, subconsciously uh, those kind of foods actually remind us of like breast milk so <laughs> so that might be enough to stop you from comfort eating but that is you know that could be one of the emotional ties to why you always resort to those kind of foods when you're needing some comfort you know just to give you an example or I had a client once who um, just loved um, you know rewarding herself that's another thing rewarding yourself with food uh, when she did well at work, she would reward herself with ice cream. And so she just found herself, you know, constantly eating ice cream and she wanted to kind of cut that habit out. And when we regressed her, like using hypnosis and stuff, um, we took her back to uh, when she was a child and her father, who wasn't very, around very often, he would take her for um, ice cream. And that was her connection with him. That was her time to connect with her father. And she didn't have that time a lot so that's you know was a very special times for her 
And so, you know, even as an adult, subconsciously, she's resorting to ice cream to, you know, reward herself and make herself feel better, um, make, her, make herself feel worthy, I guess. So, yeah, it's, it's powerful to understand where the, where the habits are coming from. And, and I loved what you said earlier about, like, this is not about changing you or changing us, you know, like we, we are like, you know, perfect the way we are. But, you know, it's a, if you want to change, you know, certain behaviors or conditioning, then you have to start changing the way that you look at those things. You know, like I think this happens a, a lot with weight loss as well. And I think, you know, people who are struggling to lose weight is it's a it's a two it's the, like a two way thing, because firstly, I think, um, you know, a lot of those people are maybe being very judgmental to themselves and not giving them themselves the love and the kindness that they they need um, and then the other thing is there's um you know the there's control like around um trying to gain some control around weighing yourself you know you can get addicted to weighing yourself because it gives you like a sense of control um and then there's the you know like if you have been struggling to lose weight for a really long time, but it's not happening, then obviously nutrition plays a key role, but it's also about looking at um, changing your behaviors <clears throat> around that. Because if you've just been doing the same thing over and over again, and that same thing is not working, then you need to look at doing something different. Um, and just trying to push through doing the same thing is not gonna make a difference. It doesn't make a difference at all. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head there. What the language that I hear people using who aren't happy with their, their weight is very harsh. It's very um, hard language. Like even if they say, okay, like maybe I should start running. Um, they go, but I'm, I feel really ashamed and I feel really embarrassed because, you know, people are going to say, Hey, you fatty, stop running, um, just eat less. Right. So if that narrative is going on in your, in your own mind and in like for yourself, like nobody has said that outright to anyone, it's just the video um, that you playing out in the story that you playing out for yourself, then that's how you experiencing life for yourself already even before you've taken any action so we have to start um, supporting that narrative first and foremost uh, with a lot more compassion and a lot more love and a lot more empathy um, and I must just say there's this huge myth that the diet industry has sold us that you will lose weight by lowering your calories and increasing your exercise. And that is not the truth. It's not like that for everyone, especially when we start looking at obesity and um, looking at leptin, 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 sorry, receptor sites and so on. And um, the uh, neurochemistry and the, um, like what the body is addicted to, that there's a lot more going on psychologically in the body um, than just, sorry, Taryn, I've lost you. Oh. Um, sorry, guys. Um, there's a lot more going on in the body than just 
I'm back than just lowering the calories and increasing exercise. And that often puts a lot more strain and stress on people to, to lose weight. And it's this perpetuate waiting cycle. And then, like you said, there's this um, unconscious belief um, and emotions around connecting to our childhood. And then you see people eating ice cream and eating those chocolates because it actually reminds them of hanging out with their parents. And all they really need is love mm. um, and compassion and support. But if you can't give that to yourself, and you being so hard on yourself the whole time, then it's such a losing strategy. Like you said, you know, just pushing through doing exactly the same thing. And a lot of the time, what I see is people are fasting. Mm. Well, if I don't eat, I can't pick up weight, but yet they are picking up weight and they're still fasting. Um, and I had to say to a client, like, look, this is not working for you. If this was working for you, your body would be responding and your body would be telling you, yes, I'm happy. You know, it's these symptoms I use as messengers. Um, and a lot of the time, our body is speaking to us um, and telling us what's working and what's not. Mm. Yeah, and I think we talked about this before, like the language of the body is so important. Um, but a lot of the time, we're just moving up into our heads and we're not really listening to what's going on in our bodies. So it takes, you know, conscious effort to you know, take ourselves out of our heads and into our bodies and actually just feel into what is going on there, um, taking note of our emotions um, in our bodies and the feelings that are coming up for us rather than pushing them away, trying to resist them, you know, and that just allows them to move through us rather than keeping them stuck there as well yeah. uh, and keeping those patterns stuck. So, yeah, it's just a much more powerful process if we can allow them to move through us naturally. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think an another key point on that is, you know, as part of that seven step process that I take my clients through, um, a big part of it is forgiveness work as well, you know, and if you have found yourself maybe not being so kind to yourself and you've been judging yourself for many years and you've been beating yourself up instead of, you know, beating yourself up about beating yourself up, yeah. <laughs> it's about, you know, forgiving yourself for, you know, those those things and doing a lot of forgiveness work around buying into um, misunderstandings around that and um, you know just meeting yourself with acceptance and love and um, compassion you know talking about um, weight loss in particular I think that there's a huge area where people often you know like being connected to your heart and listen and, and tapping into your feelings and stuff. We don't, we don't often want to do that because it brings up stuff. It brings up feelings and it brings up emotion. And sometimes we don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. And the studies that I've seen with obesity and weight loss in particular is that there's often childhood um, abuse, whether it's sexual abuse, whether it's um, verbal abuse. Um, and these are huge topics, like no 12-week eating program is going to help with um, losing weight if it's that deeply ingrained so if there's anybody listening to this podcast episode I do want to say like 
this forgiveness work is so, so, so important um, and to not do it alone. There's so many people out there experiencing exactly um, what you might be experiencing and what I experienced. I, I was, I just kept on picking up the weight and kept on picking up the weight and I didn't know how to stop eating the chocolates because they brought me so much comfort and it was this perpetuating cycle, um, but you are able to break away and you are able to change your life and rewire um, your neurochemistry and change your habits and let go of the past. Like, look, we can't remove bad things that's happened to us. I mean, I wish I could. I mean, I sat in front of a master NLP practitioner crying my eyes out saying, I just want to forget about the hijacking. I never want to experience that again. And, you know, she, she rightfully said to me, I can't promise you that you will never experience bad things again. I can't promise you that um, bad things will never happen to you again. And we cannot erase your memories it's learning how to um, work with it and change it and reframe it and let go and forgive and go forward in life um, with a lot more ease and compassion. Um, I mean, I was of the belief that I just, I wanted to forget and I never want to experience it again. And I wanted parts of me to be taken away and I'm, I wanted my, emo I didn't want to feel anymore. I was like, why am I so emotional? If I just wasn't this emotional anymore, I wouldn't, I would stop eating, <laughs> yeah. you know, quite um, ir irrational, I would say, and really emotional and emotionally charged. But if we just stop and take a breather, we, we start realizing that there's nothing wrong with us. And these parts are all beautiful. It's just about um, reframing and learning and forgiving. And I love that you do so much work on hypnosis and going back into childhood and um, learn and teaching people how to reframe and heal those parts, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I love what you said earlier so beautifully that, you know, it's about you, you can't stop bad things from happening, but having these tools and you know the experience to move through this kind of stuff just allows us to move through it more easily and with more grace so that we are able to let go of things you know a little bit quicker rather than holding on to them for so long and letting those things in the past affect us uh, in our everyday lives um, ongoingly so yeah no really beautiful mm. and um yeah i mean do you have anything else you want to share on this topic Lucinda? I think self-sabotage has many heads mm. um, and I think cultivating awareness, like you said, is step one. Mm. Um, and if this whole topic, if you're just going, yes, 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 where do I start? Like, this is me. Um, I think that cultivating awareness is definitely a place to start and looking at your behaviors and um yourself really with a lot more compassion and understanding and knowing that this isn't the way it has to be um and that you can work through it and there is a better life out there um for you to live and for you to reach your goals and I think aren't you going to give something away at with this episode um around yeah. this topic yes yeah and I didn't want to go into too much detail in the seven step 
um, process of overcoming self-sabotage as we don't have that much time in the podcast. But if uh, this is something that you are, is resonating with you, um, I am giving away a coaching experience with a recording and a worksheet for you to work through the seven step process on your own with some support and some guidance. Um, so if you would like to enter the competition, then all you need to do is just make sure that you're following both of our pages and that's Connected Therapies and Infinite Living on Facebook and on Instagram. And then you can just tag two people in the comments below and um, we'll be closing the competition on Friday at midday. So yeah, I hope um, you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'm actually taking a little break over December, but we'll be back in January and um, you might see Lucinda between that time or not. Yeah, we'll see. But I'm really excited to take some time off over December. I think it's very important for us. Um, I think self-sabotage for me personally shows up with overworking. <laughs> So it's really um, good to take some time off. So yes, have an amazing Christmas and festive season, everybody. We will see you in January. And um, yeah, thank you so much, Taryn. That's a beautiful um, competition and gift to give away. Um, so yes, get entering everybody. Um, I saw Taryn take um, one of our um, participants through this and it was just, it was I had goosebumps the whole way through. It is so powerful and there were shifts that happened in the moment. So it doesn't have to be months and weeks and years of doing this inner work. It can be quite swift and um, transformative really quickly. So um, stay tuned. And I'm really grateful to be working with you, Taryn. Every time we do these podcasts, I'm like, yes, yeah. love it. So thank you so much for your time this year as well. It's been Aww. so lovely working with you. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it as well. And it's just been so nice to work with somebody who's on the same page. And yeah, it's just been so much fun. I've been enjoying our calls as well. And thank you everyone again for listening in and wishing you all a very festive holiday until 2021. Yes. And if you have any topics that you'd like us to talk about, or um, if you're enjoying our episodes, please let us know in the comments below, like, share and um, interact and engage with us. We always love hearing feedback. And yes, if there's any topics for 2021, when season two kicks off, let us know. We'd love to um, support you more throughout 2021. And um, yes, otherwise, we'll see you guys in the new year. Bye. Bye.